Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff. Do miracles still happen? And, and what is a miracle? I think they happen every day when closed minds open up and the spiritually blind suddenly see the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and rebels surrender and become God's children. Jesus promised that we who believe can have a part in great works like these by making requests in his name. Our Heavenly Father waits for us to draw near with our big petitions. He looks to see that we are asking based on the merits and the reconciling work of Jesus. He also wants us to see that we have confessed all known sin and firmly believe that He will do what He said. We are to have faith that He'll keep His promises and will respond for our good. The Bible says that God delights in giving His children gifts. Matthew 7, 11. Yep, God alone knows the perfect action to take and the right time to take it. But he invites us to ask in faith and keep on asking. What in the world is going on? A Georgia father, dad of five, found dead, rolled up in plastic and carpet on the side of the road after vanishing on a business trip to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 42-year-old Nathan Millard from Covington, Georgia, went missing after he visited Happy's Irish Pub across from his hotel on February the 22nd. His wife said he'd gone to a college basketball game before heading to the bar. His body later found on the side of the road behind a funeral home six miles from the last place he was seen, wrapped up in plastic inside of carpet. Police say there were no signs of blunt force trauma or gunshot wounds. According to a preliminary report, no external, internal trauma to the body. We don't have any indication that there was any foul play. What? Body wrapped in plastic inside of a carpet along the road? No foul play? Okay. So what do you think it is? Stupidity? Demonic? Ignorance? What in the world? First Lady, is she really? Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, were slammed yesterday for presenting a, a biological male, get this, a, bi a man from Argentina with the award for women on International Women's Day. Ah, oh, they're all nuttier and fruitcakes. This year's annual International Women of Courage Award ceremony at the White House honored 11 extraordinary women. You know the difference between a man and a woman, right? Extraordinary women from around the world who are working to build a brighter future for all women. This stuff, I usually want to vomit reading these. Argentina Alba Ruda. He was introduced at the ceremony as a transgender woman who was kicked out of the classroom, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, rejected by her family, her family, his family. But in the face of these challenges, she, he, it, worked in violence and discrimination against the LGBT queer plus community in Argentina. Lord, help us. Just really hard to get your mind around stuff like this in 2023. Christian, you're targeted. This story bother you? It should.
But you see, if it does, there's something wrong upstairs in your mind. Except what the world is passing out. Good grief, Charlie Brown. Where's my gun? Okay, let's head on over to Moronville. Let's go to one of those Catholic universities. Students at a Catholic liberal arts university, Northern Virginia, say their concerns were brushed aside by officials who eliminated numerous majors at that Catholic school, ranging from oh, religious studies to math, not important. The cuts by Marymount University outside Washington have led to protests from outraged students who say the decision has rocked the school's very foundation as a Catholic institution that focuses on the humanities. The overall atmosphere of the Marymount community right now is, well, it's kind of dead, and it's very tense, so says a sophomore. It's just so clear that in every class I'm in, there's a huge elephant in the room. The Board of Trustees drove that final nail in the coffin for nine majors and one graduate program on February the 24th when it unanimously voted 20 to nothing in support of the plan to end those degrees. As so many students say, it's just really sad. There are some of student leaders here that are trying to look into calling for the resignation of leadership. Now, because at this point, it's clear that the administration here is not, not working for the student. They're working for, show me the money. They're working solely for their colleagues up there higher up. Just a sad state for the school. Welcome to the new America. More news right after this. At a total loss. Don't know what to do. Don't know where to go. James tells us if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives to all generously without reproach going to be given to you. But you've got to ask in faith without any doubting going on, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven, tossed by the wind, James 1, 5, and 6. Faith in God is crucial to gaining wisdom. The way a person becomes wise is by believing Jesus and trusting Him as your Savior. After the point of salvation, faith remains a continuing factor, of course. If you're faced with a difficult choice or challenge today, God will provide the wisdom you need to make the correct decision. Remember at one point, David could have killed King Saul. After all, he was the anointed future king of Israel. But he waited, waited for God's timing, acted wisely, more important to David than personally gaining. David walked away from this temptation and refused to take the enemy's life. The overall view of David's life was one of wisdom and desire to please God. Do you today long to have godly insights? Pray that God will make you sensitive to his voice through prayer and reading of the Word. Can it be? Are we talking millions, millions of Christians around the world live in perpetual fear that they're going to be punished, harmed, killed for merely practicing their faith? Worldwide persecution continues to be a fevered pitch with varying degrees of affliction for those who openly embrace the Bible, the Word of God. The tragic reality is more than evident in Open Doors USA's latest World Watch list and that's an annual report that offers an unparalleled glimpse into the 50 places around the world where it costs the most to be a child of God. In the latest report, more than 260 million, that's with an M, 260 million Christians live in places where there's a high level of persecution, amounting to one in eight Christians worldwide. The World Watch list gives a lens into some of the most unthinkable scenarios 
It's the foremost grassroots data of the persecution of Christians in the world today. Open Doors President and CEO David Curry recently said it gives us an idea about the trends of religious liberty generally. He said there are restrictions in most places of the world, but that the areas of extreme oppression will likely shock those unfamiliar with dire scenarios, from government seizure of property and social exclusion to violence and murder. There's a wide range of ways in which Christians are being oppressed today for their faith. You live free in America? Thank God and pray for those who do not. Well, she got to experience a few normal childhood milestones like graduating from high school, getting her senior yearbook signed before she died last week. A girl who died of leukemia, given a final send-off after her friends signed the white casket with loving messages. Laura Miller might have experienced a few more milestones of a Hamilton, Ontario, Canada hospital had been able to accommodate a bone marrow transplant for this young woman. Numerous donors were a match with Laura and ready to donate, but Hamilton's Chavinsky Hospital didn't have enough beds in high air pressure rooms for this procedure to go on. Hospital staffs told her they had about 30 patients with potential donors, 30, but the means to only do about five transplants every month. Laura was first diagnosed with this leukemia at age 13. She'd been completely cancer-free for four years, and then it came back, and isn't that awful? Not enough beds. Really? Really? Right here in Fort Wayne? Yeah, an investigation by the Drug Enforcement Administration showed a Fort Wayne pediatric dentist, you're kidding, as being the second highest purchaser of fentanyl by any dentist in America. That investigation also showed he did not use any of the fentanyl for medical purposes and attempted to conceal his actions. 49-year-old Lucian Baboa, five years probation after pleading guilty of one count of obtaining a controlled substance by fraud and deception. According to the United States Attorney and documents in the case, Babea obtained a Fort Wayne medical practice in March of 2021 and started seeing patients the very next month. You just never know. This doctor's also been accused of practicing while under all the influence of drugs or alcohol and continued to practice his dentistry despite going through addiction and abuse issues. That according to records in the Indiana Professional Licensing Agency files. My, oh my. On a related story, I continue to say the, uh, well, the lights are on, but there's nobody home. Jean-Pierre, press secretary. Corinne Jean-Pierre lied yesterday when confronted about the Biden administration's handling of the border crisis, noting that Mexican cartels kill Americans on this side of the border with drugs. Fox News correspondent Peter Ducci asked her why Biden is so comfortable with the cartels operating in close proximity to this country. That question came after a Mexican cartel kidnapped four Americans, killing two of them. She responded by claiming that fentanyl, there it is, at the border is at a historic low. Yep, just one more in the Biden administration out of her mind. Business news, terrible, just terrible. 
Adidas is stuck with some very expensive reminders that a lot has changed. In a year, the athletic brand is sitting on roughly $1.3 billion worth of Kanye West. I guess it's Yeezy gear after cutting ties with Yee, Kanye West, formerly known as Kanye, uh, for his anti-Semitic comments. Wow, what to do with all that stuff? Over a billion dollars? Other stuff, the crypto company announced yesterday, Silvergate Capital, winding down its operations and liquidating their Silvergate Bank, which has about $11 billion in assets, crypto. Louisiana police routinely violated civil rights, according to the Department of Justice probe launched in response to Breonna Taylor's death after a two-year investigation. The police are wrong. Not sure what's happening, but they're wrong a lot lately. I don't know. I think this one goes against the Bible. A new study out there found that happiness, you want to be happy? By the way, read Psalm 1. Uh, happiness rises with income, they say, even accelerating when it gets beyond 100,000 up to 500,000 a year. You're really happy. Millionaires, billionaires, happier than everyone. Baloney. The study's authors didn't have any conclusive data for salaries beyond that range, but Maybe they were just too busy spending their money to take the survey. The new information upends the 2010 study that found happiness, well, it plateaued near the $75,000 mark. More money, more hap. What a bunch of garbage. Uh, ain't true, people. People starting to wake up? Sure, the Senate passed a resolution blocking a law. So many Democrats jumped on this, too, that would have reduced penalties for some crimes in Washington. It's the first time Congress has overruled a D.C. law since way back in 1991. Guns in Missouri, a Missouri law there barring police from enforcing federal gun laws ruled unconstitutional. The state says we'll try this again. It's a good one for lunchtime. The Amazon jungle, guy got lost for 31 days. He survived by eating daily. Worms. Okay. Let's do it today. Let's do some hugging today. They say it's the most beautiful form of communication that allows the other person to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they really matter. I think I'd agree with that. Warning to all you demons and people who act like them. I have a mustard seed, and I'm not afraid to use it. Where's my mustard seed? I told this to my kids a lot. You need to hang out with people who fit your future, not your history. And you can stand on it. People may destroy your image. They stain your personality. They can't take away your good deeds. Because no matter how they describe you, you will still be admired by those who really know you best. Well, that's an awful sin you have committed. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. I love to say it. God is great all the time, my friend. We're so grateful to be on this radio station doing a Christian broadcast of news, information, and comment every day at this time. So a big thank you to this station. Have you thanked him lately? Have you given lately? Always a need. Yep. Today, pray about it. See what God would have you do. Greg Patton Ministries out of the Cross Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana, bringing you the good news of Jesus Christ. Revival, love them. Love to meet people in person. 
share the good news, see lives changed. Your church, get in touch, gregpatton.com, G-R-A-G-P-A-T-T-E-N. Thank all of you that have been coming on board on Facebook. I love friends. You can be one today, Greg Patton, on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for giving, just being here. It's a really big deal for us. Well, that's an awful sin that you have committed. Well, it goes without saying, when we do our revivals for Greg Patton Ministries, and then we represent Southwest Radio Church as of late, Clarity to the Chaos Conferences, I so often bring a version of Name Your Sin. I mean, there's so many out there, right? And which one is worse than the other? Or are they all the same? Well, if you get down to brass tacks, and I talk so often in church, one of our biggest problems, I mean, the church is pride. By the way, this has created a number of thoughts of a new book that I want to write. I'm going to call it Slang the Giants. And there's some big ones in the church. Christians thinking I'm better than others or I'm better than him or her seated beside me. That's sin. What sin is it that's too big for God? Have you thought about that recently? So the question is, is there any sin too big for forgiveness in the eyes of Almighty God? The Bible tells us that if we seek God's forgiveness through confession of our wrongdoing, then he's faithful. He's righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's First John 1, 9. God's greater than any sin, my friend. And his love for us is unconditional and it is eternal. Sadly, many people fail to realize this and they go through life feeling unforgiven. I've experienced that so many times in our meetings around the country. Even though forgiveness has been bestowed, they struggle with the guilt and a sense of inadequacy because of something that happened maybe years ago, maybe when they were teenagers. God's ultimate desire for us is that we would experience the freedom, like that word, freedom, which comes from accepting his pardon and grace. If your thoughts are haunted by memories of past sin, then you know how difficult it is to enjoy your life to the fullest. Much of the depression that plagues our society today comes from a crushing weight of guilt, does it not? But once you confess your sin to God, God forgives you. He restores your fellowship with Him. To continue feeling unforgiven is really self-defeating, for crying out loud. God's wiped away your sin. Don't you forget it. He remembers it no more. Isaiah 43, 25. If you've confessed to God and you've truly repented, you are the only one who can resurrect the memory of that sin. A man, a woman, a child is what he thinks about all day long. What are you thinking about? One of the best ways I have found to put an end to such troublesome thoughts is to write out a confession to Almighty God and then just sign the thing and you date it. Then you go through the following scriptures concerning the forgiveness of Almighty God. Mark them down. Got a pencil there, pen? Mark them down. Psalm 86, 5. Psalm 103, 2, 3, and 4, Micah 7, 18, Daniel 9, 9, 1 John 1, 9, and of course Hebrews 8, 12. Write out those verses alongside your confession, and once you've completed this project, read over what you've written there, and consider what God has to say to you. 
and about your sin. Then, across the page in big, bold letters, I'd write this. I am forgiven by God because of His Son's love and death at Calvary. Anytime the enemy tries to torment you with your past, hey, take out that paper and pray. I refuse to accept Satan's lies. Based on the death of Jesus Christ for my sins, I stand forgiven for eternity before Almighty God, and I refuse any attempt to cause me to doubt what Christ has done for me. Satan, you and your demons get away from me in the name and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ's death is sufficient payment for my transgressions. I am accepted and loved by God. I know it. I believe it. I think this could be called your um, declaration of independence. If Christ sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So I guess, again, the question is, are you free today? Most likely, you would say that uh, you are. Perhaps you would base your answer on the fact that you go most anywhere you choose and do what you like without anyone interfering in your life. Thousands of men and women have died at home and abroad while protecting our country from those who would oppress it. Good message for now, wouldn't you say? Or fighting to liberate maybe another nation. That's America. Freedom is always an expensive proposition. And this is especially true in a spiritual sense. Many people think that they have liberty because no one questions their activities or hinders their travel. And yet they're enslaved by all kinds of bondage, anger and stress and workaholism, bitterness, unforgiveness, depression, anxiety, fear. More that can really imprison you. Any of this sound familiar? While a country can experience liberty on the battlefield, no nation is free until its people are free. And no person is free unless he or she is free on the inside. The truth is, there's only one way for a genuine liberation to happen to you, and I, I love it. John 8, 36, if Jesus Christ makes you free, you will be free indeed. Paul's words from Galatians 5, 1, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not subject again to a yoke of slavery. Remember what that was like? I was a slave to cigarettes, four packs a day, alcohol. To understand Jesus' mission of liberating everyone who follows him, we must know what freedom really means. It's commonly defined as a liberty from any type of enslavement or the opportunity and privilege to pursue one's desires and life goals without restraint or coercion from anyone. But greatest of all, freedom is to live a godly life through the power of the Holy Spirit. How are you doing today? We're never truly free until the grace and the goodness and the mercy of Almighty God becomes a reality and our personal experience. I'll ask you again, how are you doing today? Have you accepted and are utilizing the gift of freedom? And finally, let's head down south to bear country. Huh? Park ranger giving some advice there about bears. The bears are usually harmless. They avoid contact with humans, so we suggest you attach small bells to your sacks and Make sure you give the bears time to get out of the way. However, the bears are extremely dangerous, so if you see any droppings, leave that area immediately. So one guy said, well, how do you know if they're bear droppings or not, asked one of the ramblers. 
It's real easy. They're full of small bells. <laughs> I know some of you guys are bear hunters now, so heed the warning there, my friends. You've been listening to Hello World on this Christian radio station. I'm Greg Patton. I come your way in some instances seven days a week. Good to be with you. Tell a friend about the broadcast. If you join me on Facebook yet, do it today. Greg, Jerry G. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Tomorrow, maybe? I think I love you. That's the way it is. Thursday, March the 9th, 2023. God bless. Enjoy the remainder of this day.